Hey, yes, absolutely. Hey, just want to encourage you. Um, we are starting a new series um, September 13th, and we are going to encourage everyone, want everyone to get connected into a life group. So we gave you these as you came in. Hope everybody got one of these cards. And if you would, please fill these cards out and then uh, take them out. You can put them in the offering boxes. There's some, there's some boxes out in the foyer. You can put them in there as well. Take them to the Welcome Center where you can put them in the basket. We just want to get these back because we know that every single life group is not for every single person. And so we want to encourage you to get connected to the life group that best fits you. And the best, the best way to do that is to fill this out so we can see, well, you know, uh, maybe you want to work, but you want to be with uh, 20 somethings or 50 somethings or what day of the week is best for you or, you know, it's all in the back here. So please fill that out because the goal is to get everyone connected. This next series coming up September will be for six weeks. So we want to encourage everyone to get involved in a life group for six weeks. After that six-week period, if you don't want to be involved in the life group, that's totally fine. If you can't be involved in the life group because of your situation right now, we, we understand that. But we really, really want to get people connected. A lot of people started coming over the summer. We want to make sure that you are not only being in a place where you can be fed, but where you can, where you can feed others so you can serve and also be fed as well. So please fill out your, uh, your life group card. That would be great. Hey, before I kind of jump into the sermon, um, just so you know, I'm, I'm hobbling a little bit. I had hip surgery this past week. Not a big deal. It's just, you know, I'm getting old. No, um, uh, we, uh, I have uh, had a torn labrum and some arthritis, whatever. The guy went in there, a couple incisions, cleaned it out. Now I'm good to go. Four months recovery. That mean, doesn't mean I'll be hobbling around for four months. I just can't do anything like Taekwondo for four months. So, um, and I know, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But I am listening to the doctor and my wife. I spent more, I spent more time sitting on a couch in the past four days than I have my entire life, okay? So I have been good. I have been very, very good. So if I don't move around as much this morning, if I don't go from side to side, that's the reason why I'm trying to be good, uh, and stay in one place and just kind of put all my weight on one leg and then the doctor will tell me tomorrow what I can and cannot do, but I know I can't do Taekwondo for a while. So again, where's the boo? Thank you very much. Thank you very What's that? Some, yeah, well, my daughter gave me the stool, but I don't think I'm going to sit on it because it's hard. I, if I can't speak if I'm sitting down and my hands aren't moving. You know what I mean? So I have to have my hands moving. And I have to be standing up. So 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 10 says, By the humility and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you. I, Paul, who am timid when face to face with you, but bold toward you went away. I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. Okay, so last week... We, we talked about in our, they were doing this series on virtues, okay? And we talked about being content, contentment, the virtue of contentment. And we said that in order to overcome the habit of being discontent, 
that we needed to take every thought captive. And so as I was doing that sermon last week, last week I thought to myself, you know, when someone goes through something or they're struggling with something, Christians will say to them, you need to take every thought captive. And pastors will get up on Sunday morning and say, if you really want to grow spiritually, you need to take every thought captive. And you're in a Bible study and someone asks a question and the person answers and says, well, you know, what you really need to do is take every thought captive. And that's all true. It's completely correct. The problem is most people don't know what you mean. What does it mean to take every thought captive? Now, I can't exhaust it all this morning, but I at least want to give you a foundation of what it means to take every single thought captive. In Proverbs chapter 4, in verse 23, it says, Above all else, guard your heart. Now, it says guard your heart. From a biblical perspective, the heart is, is the, the mind is, 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 is also a part of the heart. Okay, so when he says, above all else, guard your heart, he's talking about your mind as well. It's a part. The heart is the seat of all of that. So he says, guard your heart, guard your mind for everything you do flows from it. Think about that. Everything you do flows from it. You got to guard your heart. You got to guard what goes into what you allow to go into your mind because everything flows from it. We cannot always choose our circumstances, right? We know that we can't choose our circumstances, but we can choose the thoughts that help shape our circumstances. And don't you think your thoughts don't change or shape your circumstances? They do. They do. Our thoughts shape our, our circumstances. A good example of this is from 1 Samuel chapter 17, where you have this different, the difference between how David deals with Goliath and how the, uh, how, how Israel, the army of Israel deals with Goliath. All right. Good example. What you're letting into your mind, allowing your thoughts to shape your circumstances, allowing your thoughts to shape your actions. So you have the armies of Israel. You have Goliath. They're on two different hills and Goliath comes down out of the hill. And as he's coming down of the hill, he gets to the bottom of the hill and he is defiling God. He's defiling the armies of God. And he's saying, hey, listen, here's the deal. I'm the strongest guy in our army. Here's what we'll do. I will fight any one of you. Who's the strongest in your army? Send them down. We'll fight. Whoever wins. The rest of the armies don't have to fight. Winner take all. One on one. Winner take all. And here's the thing. Goliath didn't just walk down the hill and say that one time. He said it for 40 days. I want you to think about this. There are things that have been said to you years ago. There are things that are said to you maybe consistently now. Someone in your life is just not the kind of person they should be. And so they're constantly saying something to you. And you're allowing that lie to permeate your mind. And you're allowing that thought to get into your mind. And it's affecting what you think of yourself. It's affecting what you think of yourself when it comes to what God wants to do with your life. It is negatively affecting you. That lie has been planted into your mind over and over and over again. You have not taken that thought captive. You've let it run amok. And so now you think of yourself a certain way. The way someone told you to think. Because they planted that thought in your mind. So you have the army of Israel, 40 days, they're listening to this. And what it did was, they allowed that negative, that, that lie to be planted into their minds and it paralyzed them with fear. 
So the thought comes into their mind. The action, the result is they are paralyzed with fear. They don't take on Goliath. He's huge. They start thinking about how big he is and they think about how gigantic he looks and how what a tough guy he is. And he's probably mocking them and intimidating them over and over again. And they're letting it all just soak right in. David comes along. Teenager comes from the sheep. He comes and what's going on here? Here's Goliath. He starts asking questions. David, though, has a different mindset. David hears Goliath. His mind goes to the things of God. What does he say as he as he defends his position that he wants to go out and fight Goliath? They're all saying to him the same thing. Can't do it. Um, you're too young. He'll destroy you. And, and, and just once just go back and take care of your few sheep. All negative comments toward David. But David is focusing on, hey, I killed a lion. Remember that lion I killed? Yeah, I remember that. Remember that bear I killed? I took on that bear mm-hmm. defending my sheep. I killed that lion. I killed the bear. I'm going to kill Goliath. They're no different at all because he's focusing his attention. He's focusing on the work that God had done in his life. So his mindset was different. And so his actions were different. He's not paralyzed with fear. Matter of fact, he's a little bit, if you want to use the word cocky, you know what I mean? He's got that teenage kind of swagger. He's like, hey, you ready to die, Goliath? That's the attitude that he had. And you see that you see the contrast between the armies of Israel and David, depending on what they allowed to permeate their minds and affect their minds. And that affected the outcome. One, the whole army was paralyzed and the other, David had confidence. If you when you allow yourself to to think that way, when you allow yourself to think in negative thoughts, and you allow those, those, those lies to enter into your mind, it can have a profound impact on your later life. It will have a profound impact. It could be the downfall of your life if you allow those thoughts to come in and you don't take them captive. We all understand that. No one is sitting here going, gee, that doesn't make any sense. I allow these lies to come into my life. And then I live out these lies and then they destroy the people around me and they destroy my own life. Ah, that makes sense. It makes total sense. It's completely true. So then what do we do about it? See, here's the problem. Satan has declared war on us and the battleground is our mind. He's declared war on us. And we need to be careful because Satan doesn't fight fair. So we need to be prepared. He's not going to fight fair. He's going to use people even close to you where it can continue to say things that maybe were said to you when you were younger, that the person even close to you doesn't mean to say, but it sounds like, and Satan just pours it in the right way, and all of a sudden you receive it, and just layers and layers and layers. He's not going to fight fair. So you need to be prepared. The Greek word for captivity means to lead away captive. It, it, the, 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 the root word means to take an enemy captive by the tip of your spear. So it's, it's a military word. You are taking the enemy captive by the tip of your spear or by your sword. So this is a battle. We're talking about a battle here. Paul says, capture each thought. He says, you need to capture each thought. And I want you to do So I want you to capture it and I want you to analyze it. I want you to analyze every thought that comes. That, and you understand, you, you're thinking things right now. 
And you're not analyzing every thought, but I'm talking about the thoughts that enter your mind. You know, there's a spiritual war going on, things that you struggle with, things that are poured into you. When those things happen, you need to analyze that thought. In many ways, this is a personal battle, right? There are things that, that are said to you that strike you a certain way that no one else even understands. There are ways that Satan speaks to you, okay? Things that he says into, speaks into your mind and into your heart that your husband doesn't, under, doesn't know, your, your wife doesn't know, your kids don't know, your best friend doesn't know. In a lot of ways, Satan tries to isolate us. This becomes a personal battle. And it is a personal battle. But you know what? We need to open ourselves up. Satan wants us to keep it that personal. But we need to open ourselves up and understand that we need to include others within these battles that we face so they can speak truth into our lives. So they can speak, they can speak love and they can speak encouragement into our lives. Another, another issue that we face sometimes, people... Um, people will often blame. They'll say, well, the devil made me do it. The devil made me do it. And yeah, okay, it's true that the enemy is pouring or tempting you to do certain things, but you're the one acting out on those thoughts. Satan can pour something into your mind. The world can pour something into your mind, but can't force you to act out on those thoughts. So we need to take responsibility. Yes, this is a personal battle in a lot of ways, spiritually, that we're in a fight for our own individual minds. But we need to understand that though the enemy can pour into us, they cannot Cause us, if you will, choose for us to, to, to act out on those thoughts. But see, what happens is we allow those thoughts to come into our minds without taking them captive, without asking the right questions, without dealing with them. And not only that, we add to those thoughts. And so those thoughts come into our minds. We add to those thoughts, our own thoughts. We dwell on them and then we act out upon them. And that's something that every single one of us needs to be aware of and that we need to we need to understand that we may be tempted, but we we are the ones who are choosing to act. My friends, it's really a lack of discipline in our thought life that's causing most of our problems. It'd be so easy for me to say, well, the devil made you do it and and uh, the world's so tough, whatever else. But the reality is I wouldn't be helping you if I didn't say that. The major issue in this is this issue that we're dealing with. The major issue here is that we are not disciplined in our thought life. We are not disciplined enough in our thought life. In Galatians chapter five, verse 17, it says, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. There is a there is a battle going on. You have your new nature and your old nature. The spirit is in conflict with that old nature, with the flesh. And the flesh is in a battle with your spirit. That's going to go on. In order to win that battle, we need to be disciplined in our minds so that the spirit overcomes the flesh and not the flesh overcoming the spirit. It can be done. 
It can be done. We have the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ living in us. The spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living in us. So it certainly can be done just because just because a thought enters your mind doesn't mean that you need to act upon it or listen. Just because a thought enters your mind doesn't mean you need to act upon it or even dwell on it. When that thought comes in, and for each one of us, that thought is different. For each one of us, we have a different battle. And there's a lot of battles that are common, but I don't want to just generalize. There's a lot of lies that are being told to each one of us. We need not dwell on those lies. What Paul is saying is we need to take those thoughts captive. Paul, in this context, is talking about, it's kind of a battle strategy. He's saying, you're, you're, you're attacking a castle, and that castle has a fortress, and there are walls, and there are defenses, and, it, and, and, the, and the enemy is encamped. They're entrenched in this castle, in this fortress. And when you're dealing with the enemy in this situation, you need to break down those walls, You need to render that castle ineffective so that it can no longer fight. That's what you need to do. And Paul says we do that through the power of God. We do that through the power of God. God comes into our lives and he helps us break down those fortresses. He helps us break down those, those, those situations in our lives that so, so hold us back, if you will. Through the power of God, we can do that. In 2 Corinthians 10, 4, it reminds us, Paul says this, we read it already. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they divide, they, 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 are, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. So, you're, so get this battle strategy in your head. There is a castle, a fortress that you need to bust open. You need to conquer that. And then you have to ask yourself, what is the, what is the stronghold in your life? Jesus says, Paul says, we need to demolish these strongholds. What are they? In your mind, think right now, what is a stronghold in my life? What is it for me? What is causing me not to be able to conform to the image of Jesus Christ? What is it that's holding me back from doing the things I know that God wants me to do? You need to you need to break down the walls. You need to attack that fortress. You need to render it unable to defend itself. So once you break down that wall, once you once you once you get into the fortress, if you will, that's not where it ends for the Christian. The Christian still has a responsibility. We still have responsibilities. Once we've attacked, once we've broken down the walls, once we've taken it on and we've conquered, if you will, that stronghold in our life. So you're at the point right now in your life where you busted through. You're able to conquer that. You know, God has worked in your life and you're saying, gosh, I haven't I haven't fallen to this temptation in so long. My mind has been strong. My mind has been clear. And you think, praise the Lord. The 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 fight is the battle is over i can now sit back and take a rest no no when when you take out the enemy and you capture that fortress and you destroy those walls it is necessary for you to root out any remaining pockets of resistance 
right? Think about that. We're in a battle again. You've gone in. You've knocked the walls down. You've, you're the strongholds. The, the, the city has basically collapsed, if you will, under the power of God. And you're there and you've got it. And then what you need to do then is you still, as Christians, as, as people of God, we have a responsibility to root out any remaining strongholds that are there. There are spiritual forces. There are still soldiers, if you will, that are entrenched, hidden and entrenched in that fortress where you can't see them in your mind. They're entrenched there. You ask Jesus Christ to come into your life. He did some miraculous things in your life. But do you really think those thoughts are completely gone? Do you really think Satan's not going to remind you of those things and pour new things in there? Do you really think your flesh is so destroyed and your sinful nature is so wiped out that you never have to think of the things you struggle with before again? If you think that, you're making a terrible mistake. Satan, I told you, he doesn't fight fair. And you have this victory and you feel so strong and you feel so good about it. But if you don't root out the remaining pockets of resistance, if you don't keep the pressure on, you're going to continue to struggle. You need to root them out. And then once you've rooted them out, you need to take them captive. It's like it's like cancer. You have a cancer within your body. And you go to the doctor and he says, you have cancer. And here's our here's what we're going to do. We're going to go in. We're going to operate and get that cancer out of there. And so you go to the doctor and he and he operates and gets the cancer. We think we think we have it all. We think we have it all. And now what we're going to do is we're going to do chemo. We're going to do this and we're going to have radiation. We're going to do. And I want you to take this. And I want you and you say, no, don't worry about it. I got it. I'm sure you got it all. You're a good doctor sure it's all gone and so you don't do anything afterwards you don't root out the rest of it you don't do what you can do to make sure it's all you've 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 done everything in your power to destroy what was holding you back what had before kept you in bondage in chains so you don't want to break every chain break every chain break every chain you say i'm sure it's fine and then the cancer reappears And then you have to start all over again because you allowed the enemy, you allowed the disease, you allowed the sin, a place to rest and recover and gain its forces and then swing right back into gear. And my friends, we cannot live that way. We need to pursue each hidden thought and capture it for Jesus Christ. You know, the United States has been in a lot of wars lately. And there are different wars than really we've ever fought before in a lot of ways. And here's, here's, here's what I'm saying. We go into a city, whether, you know, whether we go into Iraq or whatever, and we go into a city and with our superior uh, military, we go in and within days, Afghanistan didn't stand a chance against the power of our military. In days, the Taliban chased them into the hills. They all hid in their caves. Stick with me. They all went into the basements or whatever. They were gone. They surrendered. Yay, wave the flags. Same thing with Iraq, right? You go in in days. Saddam Hussein's statues going down. People are cheering, you know. Wow, look, look at that. No, good. Our military is incredible. Fourth largest army in the world. We took on and in days it was nothing. But then 
the generals were smart enough to realize that's not the end of the war. We took down, we, t- we broke down the walls of the city. We, we, we won that battle, if you will. We won that battle. Now we have to go door to door and root out any remaining forces that would then come out of hiding and cause harm and damage to the people there and to our people. And so they go door to door. You know, I'll tell you something. And hear me out. I'm not a military strategist, but from what I've learned from Navy SEALs and, and people I've talked to, there's a difference between taking an entire army in with planes coming in and shooting from, the, from, the, from, the, you know, from, the, from your aircraft carriers and, and, and then going door to door. Going door to door is hard. Going door to door is difficult. Rooting out if you will, those thoughts in your mind, taking them captive and making them obedient to Christ, that is very, very difficult. You remember when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, right? You remember. You remember how he set you free and how you felt. You remember how he, how he, he, he allowed you to overcome those struggles in your life and you were praising God and it was absolutely amazing. God demolished the strongholds in your life. That had dominion over you. But then again, you relaxed. Right? Then you relaxed and you lowered your guard. And over time, those same issues in your life, they regrouped. And now you're fighting skirmish after skirmish after skirmish after skirmish after skirmish. And Paul is saying, listen, guys. The Lord does a powerful thing by breaking those strongholds. Then you need to take responsibility. You and I, I, Jeff Greer, need to take responsibility, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Jesus Christ. There are many destructive voices trying to enter into your mind. There are so many different voices, voices coming from the world, voices coming from Satan, voices coming from the flesh, if you will your own sinful nature. But there are also voices coming from the Spirit of God, the Spirit speaking to us. There are voices that come from the Word of God. And we need to decide, we need to choose which voices are we going to allow to dictate the direction of our lives. Which voices are we going to allow in? You have to listen. Don't just let your thoughts come in You need to capture those thoughts as they come in. They shouldn't be allowed just to run amok in your mind. When a thought comes into your mind, that thought should be captured first. If it's good, let it enter, set it free. If it is not good, you capture it, you hold it, and you starve it, and you let it die. We need to make our thoughts obedient to Jesus Christ. How do you do that? You say, well, I'll make our thoughts obedient to Christ. How many years have I said over and over, we need to know the word of God. We need to know the word of God. You need to know the word of God because you can't make something obedient to Christ if you don't know what Christ is saying. If you don't know what the word of God is saying, how then are you going to make your thoughts obedient to Christ? You make your thoughts obedient to Christ because this is what Jesus says. 
And so this is how I live. When a thought comes into my mind from the world, this is the way we think now. Now this is right. Now this is wrong. Now this is. And it's all being poured into you and saying, saying, well, that doesn't, that makes sense, doesn't it? That makes sense. You're supposed to love everybody and this all makes sense. And we're supposed to do this. And, and all these thoughts are permeating. They're going crazy in our heads. How do you know how to take a thought captive and make it obedient to Christ? You have to know what Jesus Christ thinks. You have to know what he said. Once you know what Jesus thinks, once you know what God thinks, you want you to know what he said, then each thought comes in, you take it captive and make it obedient to Christ. If it is in conflict with what Jesus says, it doesn't become a part of your thought process. That thought is wrong. That thought is pushed out. That thought is not accepted into your mind. That's how we make it obedient to Christ. Remember, it says we demolish arguments. We demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. That's what it says. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Paul says, I want you to think. He says, he didn't say don't think. He says, take every thought captive. Like I said, you take a thought. How do you take captive? Here's one way. You take it and you put it in a cage. If you put a thought captive, if you put it in a cage and you don't feed that thought, you don't dwell on that thought, you don't add thoughts to that thought, after a while, you starve it and it dies. But, but, if a thought comes into your mind and you feed it, you will make it more powerful and it will dominate your life. If you listen to what people are saying and you don't take that thought captive and you just think, well, and you start thinking about this and you add this to it and that to it, all of a sudden that thought begins to dominate your life. An uncontrolled thought leads us to, it creates bitterness and anxiety and anger and frustration and envy. And if we let that thought just continue to move forward, it leads to rebellion. Well, I don't think, why does, if I don't, blah, 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 close your mind. It leads to rebellion. It leads to unforgiveness. It continues and it leads to sin. And then it leads to self-gratification in your own life. Well, I don't, you then choose what you think. Your mind begins to drift away from God. And ultimately, those thoughts end up destroying your life, destroying your family, destroying your friends, destroying your coworkers. It destroys you completely. And you are pulled further and further and further away from God. Your mind, your, your conscience becomes dull. And then you wonder, what happened to my spiritual life? What happened to me? What happened to those days of rejoicing and, and feeling so strong about my faith? What happened to those days? I'll tell you what happened. A thought entered your mind. You didn't take it captive. You just let it run amok. It took a foothold. It got control. And it, it slowly ate away. It slowly deteriorated. Your spiritual walk and your love for God and his word. See, to overcome, you need self-control. To overcome this whole idea that we're talking about, you need self-control. And the closer that you are to God, the closer that each one of us is to God, the more control we will have over those harmful thoughts. The closer you are to God, the closer you draw to God, the more control you're going to have over those harmful thoughts. In Proverbs 25 and verse 28, it says, like a city whose walls are broken through is the person who lacks self-control. 
Let me say that again. Like a city whose walls are broken through. Now do the opposite. Your walls have been broken through is the person who lacks self-control. Have you ever wondered how on earth a Christian can think like that? Over the last few years, you have had to have wondered that if you're around people, people who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ, and all of a sudden the world begins to change in drastic ways, and all of a sudden you see them just going right along. You think, how on earth can someone, how can a believer think that way? It's simple. If we allow a lack of self-control to persist, we don't take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. We don't do that. And we allow that to persist. We become desensitized and we justify our thought process. Well, you have to understand. And you start mimicking. You start parroting. You start mimicking what you hear in the world. You just start parroting it. Everybody else is saying it. Kind of makes sense if I don't really think about it too much. And you, you get desensitized and you justify your thoughts. Like I said over and over again, sin always progresses. Our thought life will continue to deteriorate and our evil thoughts will lead us further and further away from God. If we don't take our thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ, then we will drift further and further and further away from God. And the further away from God you you drift, he's still speaking, but it becomes much more difficult to hear his voice. And so what voices are you then listening to? The loudest ones. Are you taking those thoughts captive and making obedient to Christ? Probably not. So then what then... How then will you live your life? How will you act things out if you will? It won't be according to the word of God. You see, our, out, our, our, outlook, our outlook determines our outcome. How we look at how we're, how, we're, how we're allowing those things to permeate our lives. So that's why Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8 says this. And we've read it before. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about such things. See, when we think, when, when you and I think, it causes us to, to, it causes us to act. And our actions have results. And our results come from our thoughts. So the results of how we're living come from our thoughts. It's very simple, okay? Not again, not too much rocket science here. Our thoughts determine the results of our lives. So if our thoughts, hear me out, if our thoughts are noble and pure and right, then our actions and our outcomes will be noble and pure and right. If our thoughts are not noble and pure and right, then our actions and the results will not be noble and pure and right. That's why Jesus made such a big deal about if you think it, you've done it. Okay? If you think it. Why? Because your thoughts will ultimately determine your actions and the results of your life. How you live your life. So we need to train our minds, okay? Get a pen out. If you haven't already started taking notes, I want you to get a pen out. Because you've got to train our minds, okay? So now, a thought comes into our minds. So 
So you, you're, you're sitting there and all of a sudden minding your own business, a thought comes into your mind and you need the first thing you need to do is you need to condition yourself to recognize it. Right. You need to recognize it. Thought comes in. Where is that coming from? You need to recognize that this thought is in your, your head and then you need to, you need to capture it. Okay. And you need to realize, you need to start asking yourself some questions, but you need to, first thing you need to do is you need to analyze it. So you need to capture it and you need to analyze it. And you're aware it's coming into your mind, and then I analyze it. I analyze it. How do I analyze it? I analyze it by asking myself some questions. Some, on, some honest questions. Is this, is this something, is this thought something that's beneficial? And is and it is really going to help me um, produce a Christ-like character? Is this is this thought something that's going to produce God's purpose for my life, or is this a selfish thought? Is this something that is anti-God? Is it is it going to help me become more like Jesus Christ? Is it destructive and is it selfish, or is it encouraging and it would will it build me up in Christ and build up those around me in Jesus Christ? Here's another thought you have to ask yourself. Is this thought in alignment with the word of God? So does it help me fulfill my purpose? Does it help me become more like Jesus Christ? Does it help me think things that are noble and pure and right? Is it helping me with all those things? Can it, can I, are you taking it captive? Are you analyzing it? And then ask yourself, does it align with the word of God? Is it in alignment with the word of God? Now, some of you are still thinking, Gosh, I, give me some more some more ideas on how you take every thought captive. I asked two people to come up and share. Is Danny here? Danny and Kim are going to come up. Is that Kim first? Kim's going to share how she takes a thought captive. And I asked Danny to do the same thing. Just give you some more ideas. Well, when I have negative thoughts, they tend to like play over and play over and play over, kind of like a movie. And so I started actually putting my thoughts on a movie screen in my mind. And as soon as it plays and annoys me enough, and I've done that, I've identified that it's not a good thought, um, then, and it starts to make me feel anxious, then I will shrink the movie screen and just keep making it smaller, like this, in my mind, until it's so small that I can't see the picture anymore, and then I just kind of punch it in my head. So it's like, yeah, you're like this big now, boom, you're done. And then I'll bring up another movie screen, and if that thought had previously made me feel, like, anxious, then I'll think of that verse, don't be anxious about anything but in everything, in prayer and supposition, bring your request before the Lord. And I'll try to think of something, like, when I'm on vacation and kayaking, a very peaceful thought, I'll try to play that on the screen while I think of a scripture that replaces the thought, because if it's not going with, with, if it doesn't line up with the Bible, then I want to try to replace that thought with the scripture. Very good. Very good. That's great. Exactly right. Yeah. I just want to give you a couple of thoughts of how other people, uh, you know, visualize this in their mind, how they do that. Go ahead. Uh, first, I want to say that there were sins in my life that I've struggled with for over a decade um, with little to no success in. And when I discovered and started implementing this truth, it totally revolutionized the way that I handled that sin and gave me victory over it. And so some of the ways that I do that is you can be as imaginative as you want. It's in your mind. You don't have to follow the laws of physics or anything like that. <laughs> so I will tie, you know, this actually does follow the laws of, laws of physics, but I'll tie it up to an anchor and throw it over the boat. And it's gone. It's sunk. It's never coming back. Uh, another one is you can wrap it up in TNT and just blow it up. 
That's the way guys think. <laughs> right. I think all mine are like blowing things up and cutting them. Uh, the third one is uh, this helps for like when you have thoughts that are coming one after another in rapid succession. You can pretend you're a ninja that can like reflect bullets with their sword <laughs> and just reflect them back at the enemy when they're shooting them at you. Um, and I will tell you that uh, this works. Uh, the one thought, though, that you don't take captive, it will be the thought that consumes you. Yeah. Hey, Amen. That's good. That's good. Thank you so much for doing that, guys. So now I just want you as we close off, I want you to I want you to bow your heads with me, but I, you need to pay attention. I just need you to bow your heads with me. Because you're going to have these thoughts come into your mind. And you have to decide, am I going to allow this, the freedom in my mind to destroy me? Or am I going to take it captive and make it obedient to Christ? See, it's all done in the battleground of your mind through your thought life. That's why, listen, that's why your thinking is so important. Why you need to learn to confront your thoughts as a believer in Jesus Christ. To confront your thoughts. Listen, first you need to examine them. I'm going to use different words than I used before. Same principle. You need to, the, word, the thought comes in, you need to examine what you're thinking. You need to examine it. It comes in, you examine it, you pass judgment on that thought. You pass judgment on it, and then you act in line with that judgment, either positively or negatively. If it is something it is of Christ, then you set it free. You allow it to work in your mind and speak to your mind and have freedom in your mind. If, it, if you judge, though, if you examine it and judge it not to be of Christ... Then you need to cage it, throw it over your boat, do a ninja move on it. You know what I mean? Whatever you need to do. But it cannot be allowed to permeate your mind. Here's the thing. As we fight this battle, this is what I want you to do today. The first thing I want you to do is I want you to sit down, get somewhere where you can be alone and pray and ask God, to forgive you for the things that you're allowing in your mind that are keeping you from a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Confess that sin. Allow him to forgive you of your sin. You will be completely purified. That's what amazing grace is all about. Now, how many times we fall short, because we're going to fall short all our lives, but when we do fall short, we go to the Lord, we ask for forgiveness, we are forgiven, And then we continue to fight the battle. So first today, ask God to forgive you. Next, what I want you to do is I want you to get a battle strategy in your mind. I want you to get a battle strategy in your mind. I'm going to examine it or I'm going to recognize it. Whatever word is best for you, I'm going to examine it. I'm going to pass judgment on it. And then I'm going to act in line with my judgment. I'm not going to allow this into my heart. Kimmy said that she, she lays the word of God over that thought. If I'm anxious and I'm worried, then I lay the word of God over that thought. I thank God, help me. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Then you present your request to God. Your thoughts are going to Christ. Your thoughts are on him. You take that thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. It is absolutely necessary 
to do this if you want permanent victory in your life. Remember something, though. This is a battle. The war has been won. You have been saved. You have been sanctified. You have been set free. But now Satan wants to destroy your life with little battles, little skirmishes that keep you down. When you make a mistake, when you fall short, you ask God to forgive you. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. You get back up and you keep moving forward. You keep taking those thoughts captive. You keep examining those thoughts. You keep making judgments on those thoughts. And you keep those thoughts out of your mind if they don't come from the word of God or from the spirit of God. And you let them free if they do. Father, thank you so much for this time that we can spend together. I pray that every single one of us, Lord God, would continue to fight this battle. But remember, the war is already won. We have victory. We can rejoice in that. So, Father, we should not be discouraged and not be ashamed and not be totally distraught over the fact that we are still fighting some of these battles in our minds. Help us. Show us. Teach us to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And we will have victory even in those battles. In Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Have a great week.